And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm your host, John Mauk, and today we're going to talk with David Dalt, creator of the radio show, Things Not Seen, and a creative communicator of the gospel. You will learn and get some challenges about how the gospel is communicated and what God is doing these days with new technology and new ideas and new presentations. I'm a partner at Malkin Baker in Chicago. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration, religious freedom, civil litigation. You got bad guys out there that are not letting you share the gospel? Talk to us. You can learn more about us by going to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Or call 312-726-1243. Just Google us at Mount Baker. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our guest today, David Dalt, uh, host and executive producer of Not Things Not Seen, got his start in journalism when he was just 16, writing articles for his hometown newspaper. He's been asking folks questions ever since. David holds advanced degrees in religious studies from Theological Seminary in Columbia, Columbia Theological Seminary and Vanderbilt University. When he began Things Not Seen, he taught in the religion department of a liberal arts college in Memphis. He now produces the show from Hyde Park neighborhood of Chicago, where he lives with his family. David, uh, welcome, and please uh, tell us why you... Why you came up with this idea of things not seen? Well, John, first of all, I just want to say it's great to be with you, and I'm so thankful for the work that you do. Uh, lots of friends at Malkin Baker, and I'm always glad to have a chance to sit down with you. Uh, I got the idea to do this show uh, partly from an editorial, an op-ed that was in uh, a, a publication called The National Catholic Reporter uh, about eight or nine years ago. And the name of that article was uh, NPR, Not Particularly Religious. <laughs> and it was lamenting the fact that there were a lot of NPR listeners who were really hungry to hear good, serious reporting on faith issues. And NPR was sort of running the opposite direction from that and wondering if there was anyone who would step in to fill the gap. And that had stayed in the back of my mind. And then I was also – I was a big fan of uh, uh, an NPR program called Fresh Air with Terry Gross. And there was a, an interview that Terry did with an anthropologist by the name of Tanya Lerman. And and she was talking to Tanya, and Tanya was studying the people that have coffee with Jesus, uh, people who go and have imaginative Engagements. Are there a lot of people that do that? Well, the, is it at Starbucks well, or, that, or Dunkin' Donuts or pe- what? People who make a who make a serious commitment to having a relationship with their Lord and Savior, not just by their lip service, but by their daily actions, making time for prayerful reflection that includes an imaginative relationship. Uh, and this would include, as Tanya Lerman, the anthropologist, said, it would even include setting little 
plates or a cup of coffee out when you're having your morning coffee and having prayerful time with Jesus as if Jesus was sitting there. And there was a point where Terry Gross, the the host of this program, said to Tanya Lerman, the anthropologist, but didn't you feel that you needed to tell these people that it's time to get rid of their invisible friends? (laughs) And at that point, I, I about... I, I, I had it, and I said, I've got to do something. I, I, so I wanted to create a, a radio show that has... He is, he is the invisible friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, but Terry Gross was being very dismissive of, of these people's serious faith and was treating it as something uh, grotesque or boutique. I wanted very much to create uh, a show that had the production sensibilities of an NPR program to be as good as anything that you would hear on national public radio, but to have it be someplace where people could say that they were persons of faith in all of their variety and have the opportunity to to have that taken seriously and to talk about how that impacts their life without treating it as if it's something uh, grotesque or boutique or strange, which is kind of the NPR model right now. Okay, well, then how did that progress? Well, I I got started in Memphis. Uh, I had a chance to get on a little AM radio station down there, and this was while I was teaching at Christian Brothers University in Memphis, Tennessee, a little Catholic liberal arts school there run by the Christian Brothers. And uh, that... That that show uh, had some minor success, and it we did some fundraising, and we ended up getting, uh, we ended up paying for a full season of shows because it was a pay to play station, and uh, that got me that got me noticed by an organization here in Chicago called the Chicago Sunday Evening Club, and they reached out to me, and I came to Chicago, and ran the Chicago Sunday Evening Club for five years, and that's a, a media ministry that has been going on for over a century. And uh, I continued to produce the show, and then in the beginning of 2017, uh, I, I stepped away from leadership at the Sunday Evening Club. They were going in their direction, and I decided to go in a different one and focus more on the on producing just the radio show. And we've been we've been doing that uh, weekly here on WYLL AM 1160 since the beginning of 2017. And, and you're on uh, Saturday evenings. Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. All right for for those who want a Gentle conversation with Jesus and with people of faith, and and to see how they're thinking. It sounds it sounds intellectual, and you're nodding your head, and uh, you're not just limiting it to conservative Christians. No, although I'm always happy to talk to conservative Christians. I'm what I'm most interested in for the the kind of place that things not seen fits. If you think about the national public radio landscape, you've got on one side Terry Gross, who I mentioned before, who's very skeptical about religion and is willing to be insulting to people that hold deeply held religious beliefs. On the other side is someone like uh, Krista Tippett, who hosts a show called On Being, which used to be called Speaking of Faith. And the fact that they had to change the name from Speaking of Faith to On Being tells you something about kind of that that chasm that's there between them. And I'm I think that that things not seen fits in that chasm between the two. You're, you're trying to bridge the chasm. I, I think that's important, Dave, because a lot of believers uh, listen to a lot of other believers. And we understand how believers are functioning and our problems and, and our strengths and so forth. But uh, Jesus told us to be in the world, yes. but not of it. Yes. And so we we primarily uh, meet non-believers at work, and of course they're they're in all of our our families. But we don't get to talk as much as we'd like to about where they're at, and uh, 
Muslims. We don't get to meet Muslims. I, I see that you have uh, interviewed Muslims and rabbis and, and people of other faiths. Uh, I am looking at a list of uh, guests that you've had, things not seen. Now, people can access that via... Uh, podcast? Sure. If if you're on iTunes, it's it's easy to find. Just go to Things Not Seen Podcast. But you can also find us directly on our website, and that's thingsnotseenradio.com. So Things Not Seen, you do have uh, visuals too, though, don't you, that well, you can look at? <laughs> sure. I mean, when you go to the website, you'll see a picture of the guest. You'll, you'll see some information, some show notes. Um, but I think that one of the reasons why that name really spoke to uh, to my wife and I, because we, we started the show kind of conceptually together, we really liked the idea of the play on the fact that radio is an unseen medium. It's what Ira Glass, a, a great NPR producer, calls the theater of the mind or movies of the mind. And I think also that the uh, at the time we were really trying to we were trying to reach out for something that we couldn't quite see the edges of. We knew that there was there was this need, this gap in the radio landscape. But we weren't sure exactly how to fill it, and so it was also just kind of a leap of faith. And so that passage from Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, really spoke to us. The notion of, of the faith is is the hope in things not seen. Well, we're being inundated with information, radio programs, television, billboards. When you drive down the highway, uh, I, I get more than two emails a day. <laughs> That's two with two zeros after them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I want to talk about how does an American today who wants to be involved, is intelligent, wants to learn, sort through all this morass of information that's coming at us, uh, prioritize and, f- and follow God without... Uh, uh, losing it because we can get we can get frustrated like uh, Jim Carrey. I remember in uh, Bruce Almighty, he he plays God. And yes. he can't he can't delete his emails fast enough. That's one thing. That's the one thing uh, he could he couldn't do as as God. Well, I think that you put your finger right on the most important question that we have today. But I really think that there's two sides to it. One is sorting through all the information, just like you said, but there's a danger on the other side. And that is if we filter too much and we see this both on the left and on the right, we end up getting into our own echo chambers. We get into a silo and, and the information that we get just reinforces the biases that we already have. One of the things that I really like on the show, Things Not Seen, I love to talk to people that I disagree with, and I love to bring in people that uh, that have a completely different worldview or a completely different political stance than I do. Why that's important to me, and I try and do this on social media as well, is because I want to break out of that echo chamber. And part of my desire is to get the best possible evidence and information that I can. And oftentimes that comes to me from people who are reading and are filtering things in very different ways than than I do. So for me, I think that it, it you know to be to be a 21st century American is an exhausting thing. And I see my children, my six and my seven year old, just starting to get a taste of this. There's so much there that they have to keep track of. It's really, really frustrating for them. And I know it's frustrating for adults, too. Coming up, we will talk further with David about some practical ideas to sort through this morass of information that's inundating us. 
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck, partner of the law firm of Mauck and Baker, and we're talking with David Dalt, who's the host and executive producer of Things Not Seen Radio. And David is going to give us the answer to how do we deal with all of this information overload that's hitting everybody all over our society, but particularly as believers. How do we prioritize? You know, David, time is a precious gift from God, and we can waste so much time on the Internet or, or, or even just on the radio uh, trying to say, what, what should we listen to? So what's, what's your advice? Well, I, I wish that I had a, a master plan, but let me let me say first of all that as you were sort of bringing in that question, the verse that came to mind was that these only happen through prayer and fasting. Um, <laughs> they only come out through prayer <laughs> exactly. and fasting. Exactly. And, and I, I, you know, but the other thing that came to my mind was an old, dear, departed friend of mine, Phyllis Tickle, who was an author who wrote uh, about the great emergence, and I actually interviewed her on uh, on one of the episodes of Things Not Seen, the radio show that I produce. But one of the things that Phyllis Tickle did, she was a a staunch Anglican, and she kept the daily hours. And for some Protestants who are unfamiliar with that, it's a way of separating the day into prayer time. So in the morning, you take a few moments and you pray. At midday, you take a few moments and you pray. At the end of the day, you you take time to reflect on the day and you you are thankful for the day. Those moments of little mini Sabbaths during every day, I think, is an important piece of answering the question that you're saying. Because one of the things that God gave us in commanding that we take a break once a week is the notion that there's going to be more than enough in what we do during the other six days to cover that seventh day, and that God will bring the increase and God will bring the connections. We don't have to do everything. And I think that that's true also with the information, that we can feel like we have to master everything, we have to be on top of everything, and that can be exhausting. We need to have Sabbaths from the information overload as well and a willingness to take steps back from it, either if you're doing a practice like the daily office or if you are literally saying, I'm going to take an information Sabbath once a week. I mean, those to me seem to be. Uh, uh, all right. You're, you're preaching <laughs> to me. <laughs> And I'm not in the choir. Okay. All right. <laughs> because I need this. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and thank you because I always have to master information. Maybe it's part of my compulsive nature mm. as a lawyer. Um, so I was going to give a different answer. I like yours better, but okay. let me, let me, let me throw mine out sure. there. That, uh, one of the things we can use technology for is, is to help us master technology. Uh, that is, the podcast, yes. uh, uh, we have probably 70 or 80 podcasts of Lawyers for Jesus, and you have at least as many podcasts of things not seen. Yeah, I think we're just shy of 200 right now. So, And those are accessible how? So you can get them through our website, thingsnotseenradio.com. You can also download them from iTunes or we're also on Stitcher Smart Radio and SoundCloud. So there's a lot of ways if you're if you're a podcast listener to get a hold of the show. You can also, of course, hear us on Saturday nights here on WYLL at 7 p.m. All right. And, <laughs> and you can hear Lawyers for Jesus on Saturday afternoon. But uh, our podcasts are on our website. Yes. Uh, MalkBaker.com or, or W-Y-L-L web, website. The point being this, you can then sp- scan all of those and say, well, here's one, here's two, maybe three or four 
I don't need to listen to the whole 200. You know, when I was in grade school, they taught me I had to read the entire novel or the entire book. And I was uh, bad, maybe even sinful. I didn't go to a religious school, but uh, it carried with me till about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, I finally realized I don't have to finish every book or feel guilty about about not doing that. I need to read what God wants me to read. So uh, we can go to these podcasts and and look. And you don't do you do you have to listen to the entire podcast? No, not at all, not <laughs> at all. But and you bring up an important question, and that is of discernment. So we sometimes can can listen to something that doesn't quite sound right to our ears. And we might immediately shut down and turn off. And and that, I think, is an important reflex, but it can also be dangerous because that can lead to the siloing and the echo chamber that I talked about earlier. Um, so I, I definitely hear what you're saying. If, if something in one of our podcasts doesn't speak to you, then certainly I, I support you either finding a completely different podcast or just a different episode of Things Not Seen. But I would also challenge listeners to step out of their comfort zones. I mean, that's what I try and do on the show. Uh, there, there are times and there have been guests that have really pushed my buttons and I can either throw down the microphone and just leave <laughs> or I can stay in the conversation. And I have really benefited sometimes when I've stayed in those conversations. Yes, and, and that's one of the things that I think we need is those engagements with nonbelievers or people of different faiths or different, different parts of the Christian community also uh, to, be, to be built up and – to help us discern, because I, I like your use of the word echo chamber, uh, we're not going to be effectively evangelizing if we don't understand how people think who aren't saved. And, of course, we know how our brother-in-law thinks, <laughs> but there are more people out there unsaved than just our brother-in-law, unfortunately. Well, I think that that's true, and I, one of the things that, that speaks to me about your profession as an attorney is that, if I'm not mistaken, there's it's built into the fabric of what you do that there's going to be that antagonism. The whole legal system is predicated on the notion that people are going to fundamentally disagree about their premises and the way that they look at evidence. Is that a fair characterization of, of the way that the law system works? Well, they're going to disagree, and they're going to fight about it, and they're going to kill each other. Mm. If there's no dispute resolution mechanism, and Jesus spends a lot of time in Scripture, as as does Paul, in talking about how we as believers need to manage the fact that it's true we're going to disagree and we're going to be angry. These are all part of the human condition. The question for us and the challenge is how do we deal with it? How do we process it so that we can actually bring some good out of it, reconciliation and, and maybe a better solution. How do we see that we're wrong? And Jesus said, bring along a couple of witnesses. A good witness is somebody who'll say, hey, you're wrong. And, and a good judge is somebody that's neutral. Uh, litigation isn't all bad. Uh, it, it has a bad name and it can be horribly destructive. But it can also be a good mechanism to resolve disputes, uh, good judges, uh, and there's loads of them out there, will bring people into their chambers and, and listen to both sides and try and get people to listen to each other because listening 
is the beginning of understanding where somebody else is coming from. That humility that you've just mentioned that's built into the Christian position, I could be wrong and I need to have a couple of other witnesses with me. I, I fear that a lot of times on both the left and the right politically these days, even people of good faith and goodwill have lost that ability. They tend to think of, of these kind of public policy questions more like team sports. And if my side is not victorious the whole time and going to the end zone, then something's wrong and I want rah, rah, me win, me win. That to me just seems very destructive. And, and I think that there's, that there's an important place for being zealous for our faith, an important place, especially in the public policy arena, to be zealous for our faith. But I think that in a democracy, we also need to have that tempered by that humility and that willingness to listen to the other side and not just think that they're crazy or evil or sinful. Yeah, and uh, that that goes to being a part of their lives. And uh, what Rosemary and I, my wife uh, and I, try to do, we we have dinner with and, and social occasions with our, our non-believer friends who disagree with us on most everything politically and religiously. Uh, we love them. They love us. It's a little difficult to to talk politics or, or, or faith. We generally to preserve the relationship, uh, don't go very far. And uh, that's where I think something like Things Not Seen can come in, because you do go far, and you can really ask them, are you going to have Colbert on or, or some of these guys? <laughs> His people haven't gotten back to me, but uh, but we have asked. Uh, I, I mean, we, we How about sw- Bill Maher? I like, I like him, too. I listen to him, and I, I would smash the television. <laughs> We, we really try and swing for the fences when we go for for uh, guests, and we've been doing that since the beginning. We we started getting national-level guests, people that were on The Daily Show and The Colbert Show, uh, someone like Joanna Brooks, who's a, who published a, a book and then was on The Colbert Show, and two weeks later she was on our program, uh, Nadia Bowles-Weber, who was on Fresh Air, and a week later she was on our program. So we, we do swing for the fences for some big-name guests, but at the same time, I think that it's also important to talk to people that no one in our listening audience may have ever heard of, but that's doing important work. And do you have a little description uh, when you go to the podcast of what what they're talking about so you can Absolutely. Both both the show notes that are there on the website, but also at the top of the show, if you're listening uh, within the first minute and a half, you'll know exactly what you're getting into. And if it's not to your taste, you can you can go to another episode or a whole different show. So I think we I think we have a solution. You're led by the spirit. Amen. You walk in the peace of God, the shalom of God. Every day is a Sabbath. Yes. So you're not pressured, but you do tune into things not seen, and uh, you go, you go, and you look at the podcast, and you see, well, well, Lord, what do you have for me? Uh, you have great things out there, and you don't feel harassed. You just have the joy of the Lord in, in finding your path. You've just given the entire reason why people should listen. Standing on one foot, John. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, would you close us with a prayer? I would. I just want to say thank you for the ministry that John Malk and his colleagues have. I'm thankful for this show. I pray for all of the listeners who have been touched by this, and I just ask for the grace of God to bring us all to our home. Amen. Amen. Serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody